There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And let's bring in Pro Football Hall of Famer, Eagles legend, Brian Dawkins. It is always good to see you and catch up with you. Oh, thank you for having me, bro. It's always good to get on with you to chat a little bit. And I know you always bring the energy and the passion, and I always feel like I could run through a wall after talking to you, so it's going to be good to talk to you again. Absolutely. Let's get it. Yeah, well, so it's pretty cool what you're doing because through your foundation and your organization, you have created a really good thing, Cerebral Wellness Program, and it is growing here in Philadelphia in the schools. How are you expanding this this year? Oh, it's well, first of all, we're, we're expanding it by individuals that are helping to bless us with the, uh, the contributions. Um, Philadelphia, the Eagles pitched in a little bit, Wawa has pitched in, and then just regular cats have pitched, pitched in to help us do these things. So we started off first in Jacksonville, Florida. Now we, we've expand, expanded, excuse me, there in Philadelphia. And we're just excited about the potential of this blessing so many young adults. Now, obviously, this has been a really tough year, this pandemic, for a lot of people, and especially younger people. So what is this exactly doing for the younger people and helping them with? So as you look at mental health and you talk about mental health which we for a long period of time we did not talk about mental health but because of the pandemic and you know everybody being closed up in the houses for long like this has become something that's an epidemic in itself if so many people not really knowing how to deal with these emotions and these things that are going on internally but some of these things are normal. Life happens to all of us. But then there are some things that sometimes aren't normal that we just don't know how to deal with. And so through the program, through the help of Beyond Sport and Everfi, we're, we're doing things to help give ammunition to young adults. The, some of the tools in the toolbox, I will call it, for them to do specific things to help mitigate their ups and downs of their emotions and actually know how to calm themselves down, how to recognize when they need help, if they need help, and also how to recognize if something's going on with a friend, You know how they can then help a friend or help that friend get the help that they need before anything happens. It's too many, it's too, too many things going up, um, self-harm things going up in the world for us to sit back on our hands and not do, th- do anything about it. And this is really special where you played your pro football uh, and really, really made a name for yourself. This is in a handful of schools here in Philly. What is your goal uh, here in Philly, especially with this program? Well, my goal ultimately is to have, obviously we're crawling right now, so just a couple of schools, but even in the midst of crawling, you're still gaining some footing. 
And then in that crawling and gaining that footing, you're having young adults know that first of all, they're cared about. And we got online to talk to a bunch of them here this past, I think last week, because I really wanted people to understand this is not just a program that I'm throwing money at. No, I'm throwing myself, my time, because I know what some of the things that I've gone through in my life as a, as a youngster, but also as an adult. And so these are things that are going to hopefully bless them and their families, because I really hope that their families catch up on some of the things that the, the kids are learning, that they talk, family time, sitting at a table, hopefully they do some of that to really discuss some of the things that they're learning that can actually help their parents out because this is something I want to bless Philadelphia in a large way so that we can um, come out of this pandemic and really begin to deal with some things that have happened in the pandemic. And, and some of these kids that are really getting helped uh, through your program, have you been able to hear some of the stories or some of the things these kids have been going through? And, and is that related to you? Well, we started it in Jacksonville. So we've gotten some of the comments back from how it helped. And I think we've sent you probably some of the uh, the bullet po bullet points as far as some of the, the increase in knowledge of what a um, what mental health is and what is not breaking down the stigma. Some of them, you know, 60 plus percent learn more about mental health and won't look at someone different because they have maybe a mental issue. And that's a huge in itself. That's a, a plus in itself. But we, we weren't able to do the things I wanted to do really to get out to talk to schools in person, which we will do in, in the years to come. But we from everything that we've heard, not just from the students, but also the teachers, that this has been an absolute a blessing for these young adults to once again know that somebody cares about you because we do and then to give the give them some tools for them to to battle against life you know what uh whenever i talk to you and, and when i watched you play here in philly you could always tell there was something inside of you that passion and you were able to let that out on the football field are you able to have the same passion for this and what you're doing as you did for football Absolutely. This is you know, my passion that I have is a part of me. This is not something that football only could get. Like anything that I pour myself into is going to get that same level of passion. Because first of all, I won't necessarily do anything unless I'm passionate for it. Like this is not something I'm just throwing out there and just to, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. No, this is something that I'm passionate about once again, because it's something that I went through specific things that I went through as a young adult that I know if I had some of the tools that I know now through, through going through what I went through, studying about trauma, studying about coming up out of trauma, the things that you can do to help yourself in the midst of whatever situation. I know some things now and I want to pass as much back to the youth as possible on top of blessing single parents because that's also some of the things that we'll be, we're going to be doing going forward. So these things are, are close to my heart. I'm very passionate about it. And once again, passion is like, I won't say it's who I am, but it's a, it's a huge part of me. Oh, there's no doubt. And, and you know, when you were coming up and in college and then coming into the NFL, uh, did you have any understanding of mental health issues? Did, did they have any programs where there are people looking out for it? Or is this something that really has come about maybe over the last decade, but especially the last couple of years that it's okay to go talk to somebody about all this. No, it, is, it was nothing like anything that is going on today back then. Um, it was actually frowned upon. You, all, you, you felt that you were 
you couldn't say anything. You felt that if you did say something that you would be looked down upon or, 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 um, or called weak or something like that. I understand that when you have a better understanding of the term mental wellness, because too many people see mental wellness as a, as a negative thing. When I, even when I say mental wellness, most people, I won't say most, I don't know most people, but if you're like me, the first thing that I thought about even back then was depression, self-harm, stress. No, those are mental issues or mental um, uh, illnesses. So some of us, we all have a mental issues from time to time. Not all of us will have even mental illnesses. So to be able to separate these things is very important because we all have mental health. And just like a muscle, if we exercise our brains and, and we get help and we have someone that spots us from different time to help us through some things that we're going through in life, like it, we can be, we can go through the thing, grow through the thing, and we can actually be better because of growing through it the right way instead of having it be something that um, is traumatizing to us that prevents us from going to another level. You know, just in talking with friends and people during this pandemic, it's really affected so many different people in so many ways. I mean, you start with the healthcare workers, uh, families who've lost loved ones. Uh, how has this been for you going through this period of time? Has it made you get into this even more because you see this has been really a dark time for our country? So as this lockdown happened year a year from now, I purposefully begin to pour myself into studying, making myself better in different areas, whether it be reading the word of God, but also understanding myself a lot more of some of the things that I've done in my past to be where I am, but also how can I then help even more people understand what they too can do to help themselves? So that's where I've been. That's the space that I've been in. And, and developing some programs, even with some of the things I'm gonna be coming out with to help people be better versions of themselves. I know a lot of people, we, you know, we've probably heard this in, in different forms and different ways, but I really believe in this because I've seen where the thinking that I, the way that I think, the way that I process information, the way that I reframe situations, how it's blessed me to achieve, yes, on the football field, but even now in the business world, being able to have, use that same mindset and plug it into a different way of, of doing things and still having that semblance of, of, of success gradually. And, and I see the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and you're involved with this, uh, they are starting a behavioral health program, uh, and, and your name is on that. Um, did they kind of come to you and talk with you about this and, and, and how they can reach athletes, former or current athletes who do need help? Sure. Yeah, you know, this is this is something that um, they were. I don't know how long it was they were you know thinking about doing this, but I know it's, it's been a at least a two years in the thinking process of of how to go about doing some of the things that maybe plugs in the gap where maybe the NFL is not doing some things or the NFLPA may not be doing some things that they can kind of plug in the, to gaps to help people. And the thing that I will say about this program, it's not it's not the answer. It's another answer, right? So if all of us are throwing a whole bunch of different positive things and productive things to help people, 
that means that athletes have a lot more resources to be able to fall into in different states. And then they're talking about training up former players, just like some uh, the military does, kind of training up former players or, or, or former uh, soldiers in order to help those who are going through to come up out of the situations they find themselves in so that they can be better fathers and, and be better productive uh, citizens after football. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And you know, uh, when I just spoke about the Hall of Fame, how special is this that Harold Carmichael uh, from your high school in Jacksonville, you're now going to have two Eagles in the Pro Football Hall of Fame with you. How special is that? going to be to see HC get in there. I'm so, so excited for him. It took a long time, you know, way too, way too long in my opinion, because a lot of the receivers now are kind of being modeled after what he was way back then with all that size and still be able to um, to run and the range that he had to be able to catch the football. So it's, it's been a long time coming. But I will tell you this, to have two individuals from the same school in Jacksonville Reigns High School, that like that just speaks volumes, right? About what's coming out of, of some of these schools there in Florida. I'm obviously I'm pumping up Jacksonville here, but to to have Harold go in, knowing the quality cat that he is, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. And you know, there's another Eagles legend in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Tommy McDonald, who you know recently passed away, uh, and they found that he had the worst form of CTE. Um, and they were able to find that out after he passed away. Does that hit you really hard when you hear that? And, and you've been a part of so many violent collisions and big hits? No, not even. I mean, I've, I don't want anyone to have to go on through any of those things. But as for me and my health, no, I don't, I don't think about it. It's something I truly do not think about. Um, I've done everything that I could in my time as a player, not just on the football field, obviously, like you said, the collisions, but there's things that I've done uh, with my eating, with my supplementation, with um, the hyperbaric chamber. So there's other things that I've done in my life to, to have me to not just exist after football, for me to actually flourish after the game of football and then being a man of faith as well. So there's a lot of things that I have a very, um, a very, excited about this chapter in my life and excited of all the people that I will be able to bless with my foundation. Yes. But also some of the things that are coming out through my company. And so even with all of the stuff that's out there now and the knowledge about head injuries and stuff, would you have gone back and changed anything about the way you played the game? Obviously you would change. I would just change the way that I maybe using my shoulder a little, a, a little more, um, you can't keep your head out of everything, but I would have made it more of a, as I did towards the end of my career, to be honest with you, like towards the end of my career, I began to use my shoulder a whole lot more, more like rugby tackling, right? And so 
that's possible. And if you're a pro, you learn to do that. And that that is what I would have done because young people are being taught to tackle differently going forward. So they're starting off a lot younger, learning their, a different way of tackling, the, the so-called right way of tackling. And so that'll project well for them going forward. So obviously, if you know more or if you know better, you have a chance to do better. And since if I would have known better then, I would have done, I would have done better. Excuse me. And up here in Philly right now, the Eagles rookies are here. They're going through their rookie camp. I'm sure you can kind of remember those days. What's the toughest challenge that you remember uh, and these rookies go through trying to, you know, acclimate to the NFL? It's not necessarily the speed of the game, you know. You'll you can do that. It's the 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 speed of the playbook, I guess. Like the defensive plays and some of the um, adjustments. We didn't have to do a whole lot of adjustment in college, so you kind of just line up and kind of play. You know, one or two calls or checks. But sometimes in a defensive set, there are so many different ways or so many different um, checks that you have to know to get into. And if you're thinking on the field, you're wrong. You're a step behind and you're gutted. So you can't be thinking. You have to be able to just line up and play. So that'll be the thing. That'll be the toughest thing. Um, also, on the conditioning side of things, sometimes the conditioning is not quite the same. And obviously, if you're going through a college season, it's not as many games as a pro season. So if you're playing a whole year, which I was blessed to, to do as a rookie, like you're going, to, you're going to hit that rookie wall at some point. And so having veterans and having good people in the locker room to help you and direct you to those individuals that can help you recover and get your legs back is going to be huge. How much are you following the Eagles these days? I know the schedule just came out. You know, in Philly, everybody goes down the schedule, WL, WL, all that. Do yeah. you look at the Eagles schedule? Have you seen their draft class? Like how much are you following them? I didn't look at the schedule when I played. So why would I look at it now when they play? Like, I, I don't care. None of that stuff matters. Fans get it and, oh, we're going to win this game. I don't do that. The only thing that I looked at when I got the schedule was, are we playing on Thanksgiving or Christmas? Because I wanted to see, are we playing on those two holidays? And hopefully we're not. That's, that, that's how I was thinking. But other than that, man, you got to line up each week and you got to play and, and whoop that team in front of you. So you can't look ahead of time and say, we got this, we don't, this was easy, this was easy. Because you never know what's going to happen in training camp. You never know what's going to happen. Someone may go down. So you can't, you can't just chalk things up in your head. And if you do, I mean, <laughs> kudos to you. But I couldn't do it that way. I, I remember seeing you during the Eagles Super Bowl run three years ago. Uh, it seems so much longer uh, than three years ago, but what do you think happened over these last three years where it just kind of disintegrated and, and, and Doug was let go and Carson wanted to leave? Uh, a lot of upheaval. What do you think happened? I have no idea. I'm not. I'm no longer in the, in the organization. I'm no longer in the building. Um, I don't conversate with a lot of guys in there like, like I once was when I was in there. Um, and so there's no... It does no good for me to speculate what I think it may have been. Um, just know that for me, on a winning team, when you have a specific amount of um, communication, when you have a specific amount of accountability in the locker room, um, it, it, it negates a lot of the things that could potentially derail you as an organization. So, you know, those are two things that I would throw up that maybe, but to know factually, I don't know that. There was an athletic article written recently that talked about 
some dysfunction and some things that were going on with the Eagles. And one of the things that it said in there, I just wanted you to clear it up. It said that you one time gave a passionate speech to all of the people in the office about teamwork and staying together and, and maybe not having as much infighting. Did you see things that could lead to bad things going on within the Eagles after the Super Bowl run or even during it? Well, because I was an executive there, I'll keep the things that I said to those individuals, to myself, and it'll be between us. And what I do as a teammate is I encourage those around me, period. So as a player, I did, I encouraged my teammates to do things differently. And when I became an executive, I encouraged my teammates to do things differently. So there you go. Are you sad when you see what happened to the Eagles? Like, you know, to have a 4-11-1 record, to see Doug let go, Carson wanted to leave Philly and go play somewhere else. I mean, do you say, wow, I, I don't like to hear that? No, you definitely don't like to hear it because you're, you're a fan of, 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 of the Eagles, right? Like, if you're a fan and if you love the, the organization, you want them to have success. And so anytime that those things don't come to fruition and they struggle mightily like they struggle – like it's a, it's a it's painful to watch. Like you, um, being a player, a former player, even um, you you can empathize, you can empathize and put yourself in that place at that time to witness and what it would feel like to be going through what they're going through. Do you think it's interesting in the NFL over the last year or so? Is it kind of becoming like the NBA where you see a lot of quarterbacks who are either pushing to leave or create a better situation for themselves? Do you think? You think this is not a good territory to go into? Well, this is the beast that the owners have created, though. Like, you can't be mad now because they've made the quarterback to be the franchise player, regardless if you think so or not. The quarterback is the franchise player. They created a whole bunch of rules to protect him. You can't touch him. You can't hit him this way. You can't hit him that way. And now they're being played, uh, paid, excuse me, and outpacing everybody by a tremendous amount. So they have given them, by paying them the way that they pay them, the authority and the power to say, yes, I want to be involved in all of these things. And it would be, it would behoove you to have them involved in all of these things, to be honest with you, because you're giving them all of these assets and you're saying you're going to be here for these many years, 10 years or whatever the case may be. So yes, we want you involved in certain parts of it, not all of it, but in certain parts of it. And so um, again, this is a beast that they've created. You know, the Eagles have a new head coach, first-time head coach, young guy. And I remember uh, when, when you saw Andy Reid come in, uh, he made a statement, um, you know, obviously uh, at practice one day. But what is the most important thing for a young first-time head coach like Nick Sirianni when he comes in to speak in front of a whole group of grown men? What, what is the most important thing for him to project or, or, or you know, let the players know about? I mean – you have to be just a leader of men the way that I see it. And that's not so much in your first meeting that that's not so much in um, your second meeting. Like it, it has to be something that, that not, not, not necessarily your words, even um, there, there's just a presence that a leader has. When you step up, when Andy stepped up, you know, when he presented himself, you can feel, you can sense the confidence he had in himself about what it is that we were going to do. Now, you know, um, we may not have um, understood some of the, why he was doing some of the things that he was doing, but he was very, um, he was very direct in what he wanted. 
These are the things that I'm, we're expecting. This is how we're going to handle practice. These are the things. These are the changes. And this is how we're going to roll. And that's how he pre presented himself. Now, but over time, that leader still earns that respect. So along the way, we're watching. He's watching. He'll be watching. They'll be watching one another. And you have to stay down that path of being of extremely um, concrete on how you handle situations. Whatever situation comes your way, you have to be very steadfast in how you handle that. And it can't be a whole lot of fluctuations in how you do things with that team early on. So, I mean, we're going to see. We're going to see how, how, it, how it spells out for this, young, for this young coach. That's very interesting what you said about Andy. So, as a first-time young head coach, did he come in like that from day one, or did you have to see him grow a little bit into that? No, he, he was – so, Andy was an offensive lineman, right? Right? Yeah. So he, he had that type of um, that type of demeanor about him. I'll say it like that. And even in the first meeting, right? This is this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna do it. And this is how we're moving forward. Now again, whether you believe in that or not, thought it would work or not, that wasn't what came out of him. What came out of him was this is what we're doing. This is how we're going forward. And for those who are will buy into that. We'll go forward together, and that's kind of how we, how we presented it, the way that I saw it anyway. Again, you can talk to many of us, and we probably would see things different uh, different ways, but that's how I saw it. Everybody's pretty excited here in Philly, Brian, because they're going to let fans back in to all of the sports here at full capacity, so the link is going to be rocking again next year. Can you imagine as a player if you would have had to play an NFL game in an empty stadium an empty lincoln financial field without the eagles fans there like like it happened this past year um yes it did and i will tell you i enjoyed the heck out of practices and when we scrimmage i enjoyed it when we if we would ever go win against another team which we really didn't do it with andy but we did it with with ray i was pumped up for that so you give me a competition, you give me somebody in front of me that's in my, in, in, who's on the wrong side of the, of the team, so to speak, then I'm going to give you everything that I have in that situation. Obviously, the fans bring a lot to the table, but the way that I've always approached things is it's my job to give the fans something to cheer about in the first place. So I didn't expect for them to do anything, to give me anything off the bat. I, I was my job to give them something to cheer about. So in that case, that means I'm already rushing to feel like there are no fans out there. It's just me going out there doing my job 110%, full speed, all out. And if, so, if they then cheer, awesome. Same thing on the road. So on the road, are these fans necessarily cheering for us? No, they're booing. So they're not giving me energy by booing. Yes, they, yes, they were, to be honest with you. But um, again, it's my job to go out and do things regardless if there's any if there's two people in the stand or 70 people in the stand it does not change my responsibility so i'm gonna do what i'm supposed to do and go all out because when it's all said and done I'm, I'm really trying to pump up my teammates at the same time when i'm making a play is yes it's for the fans but I'm, it's for my teammates as well you, you feel me that, that's who it's really for yeah absolutely and when you're doing what you do these days uh with your foundation and this great work you're doing are you getting up in the morning and immediately thinking about that, like, how does your day start? Are you energized by that every day? Yeah, because when you live life with a purpose, you give up, you get up and you're excited about the opportunity of blessing someone in some way or me studying something 
in order to have it as something that I can speak to an individual to help them in some type of way. Because being a motivational speaker, being a um, blessed to be a, a, a life coach, a, a, a mindset, um, spiritual coach, like these are things that, that I love to do. I love to pour into individuals. I love to listen. And I love to bless people with some of the knowledge, some of the things that wisdom that I've gained over the years through some of the tough things that I've gone through in order for me to have the success that I've had, yes, on the football field, but in life, in life. And so when I wake up in the morning, yes, I'm thankful. First thing that I do when I, when I get up, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So gratitude, the first thing that I get up in the morning. And I know that as I then enter into the day with some of the routines that I do in my study habits, that I'm studying things and picking up on things. So as, again, as for me to gain as much understanding and knowledge, and then when I apply it as wisdom, I can then share that with other individuals as this is another way that you can do something differently or think about this thing differently in order for you to be the best version of yourself. So I'm excited about this chapter, chapter in my life because the, this, the game of football and how I handle that, the character that I exuded on the football field has blessed me with an opportunity now to step in this stage where I am and bless a lot of people. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And how can people, if they're in Philly and they feel like they need some help uh, and, and maybe the program is not in their school yet, how can they get involved or understand some of this mental health awareness that you're bringing everybody? Well, you can go to BrianDawkins.com to read up on the foundation, and you can also you can donate, right? Because as as much as we can give in, is how many people, how many schools that we can sponsor with this program to bless them. And like I said, in years to come, um, after some of these things, some of these restrictions are, are lifted, I will be venturing out doing more in-person appearances at many of the schools. Not not necessarily all of them, but many of the schools that um, the ones that um, have a, a high percentage of students of act, act being active in the programs that I will go out. And we will do some question and answers and, and all of those things, once again, to strengthen their resolve, to not just be hearers of, of the word that they're hearing, but actually doers of the things that they're going to hear. That's great. And is there anything else you want to tell us about the Cerebral Wellness Program? And, and I think everybody in Philly, um, uh, I, I think they're, they're proud of you and they're happy for you. Um, and, and this is a great thing that you're doing. No, thank you. Thank you. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's, it's something for me to be able to give back to individuals and bless them and continue to bless them going forward in their lives to allow them to see outside of where they find themselves right now. Right now, it's tough. It's hard. And it's, it's, some people, um, it's a lot tougher for some than others. But I will tell you this, that I believe this is just a season. This is not something that's going to last. And for those individuals who can grow through this and find different ways to um, uh, 
find resolve in the midst of all of these things, find different avenues to still better themselves in different ways, they will find themselves being more knowledgeable and more and a lot stronger, to be honest with you, when things come out and we go into the, ex, the next part of this thing in, in 2021 and beyond. Well, we wish you the very best and we can tell uh, the passion, it jumps through the Zoom. We, we can see it and feel it. Um, and we wish you the very best. You're helping a lot of people. So uh, keep up the great work. I appreciate you, brother. Who am I? I'm the greatest. Who am I? I'm so flagrant. Hey!